You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest is an Irish triplet. We are going to want to hear about that for sure. In her downtime, she enjoys being outside with things like hiking and biking and pickleball and yoga and paddleboarding. Wow, very active. And she is most proud of completing a triathlon. It is my pleasure to welcome Kara Jane to the show today. Hello, Kara Jane. Hey, Tim. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you today. So before we um, jump in and and uh, ask you about the business and stuff, why don't you start with introducing yourself? Tell us, um, obviously, your your name and a bit about your personal story, like where you were born and live and your family and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I'm Kara Jane Moore, and uh, I... As you mentioned, I'm one of three or uh, what's called Irish triplets, grown up, grew up in the Midwest, Nebraska, for most of my life and now in Indiana, so still a Midwest girl. Um, I have a full-grown daughter who's getting her doctorate in chemical engineering, uh, and um, so I've kind of just lived in the Midwest, traveled around doing different jobs over the years, and uh, love, like you said, to be active, to be outside. I played on pickleball leagues this year, which was a lot of fun um, and travel. So, you know, kind of a little bit about me. I graduated University of Nebraska in uh, marketing and business and uh, have just worked through a career to be here as an entrepreneur now. When did you do your triathlon? Gosh, that's a great question. I did my triathlon probably about 15 years ago, and I did it in North Carolina. I was living in North Carolina at the time, so I did it at Pinehurst. And funny story about that, I was living more on the coast, so at the beach level, and so I was training at the beach because that's what I had, so it was all flat, right? So I'm training in a pool, and I'm biking flat, and we go up to Pinehurst, which is in more of the mountain area of North Carolina, and I start looking at what the biking is going to be like that I hadn't quite trained for, but <laughs> it worked out and I was happy. And so it worked out. So I completed it. Yeah. Now, um, being a triplet, is there a, are, what order did you, are you in? And does that, is there a difference? Does it make a difference? To, what is your philosophy on that? Well, so it's interesting because Irish triplets are different. My brothers are identical twins. Okay. And so they are uh, 11 months older than I am. So ah. Irish triplets means that um, it's within a year, oh. it's not all at the same time. Got it. So, yeah. So I, I'm still the baby. Yes. Wonderful. Well, I, thank you for sharing that because I did not know that that's what it meant. So I appreciate uh, the background there. Yeah. Um, Kara Jane, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Well, yeah, you know, so the funny story um, that I was thinking about is just the idea that I, I think there's somebody in every family that's kind of the glue that keeps the family together. And that started very young when um, we were in our teenage years and being Irish triplets were about the same age and a variety of the same friends and that type of thing. And so 
when we were teenagers, maybe my brothers were out a little bit late or not able to drive or lost their keys or whatever. And so there was the, you know, call Care Jane in the middle of the night. I sneak out of the house, go get them, <laughs> bring them back, get it all taken care of. And so it just uh, is a great indicator of, you know, kind of where I play at, in the family as kind of the glue that keeps everything working. <laughs> now, did you ever get caught helping out your older brothers ahead of a jam? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> we all got in trouble. <laughs> Awesome. Well, tell us how the how did the business come about, and at what point did you have the confidence that uh, you could run your own business? You know, that, that's a very interesting story too. In that, um, I ran several of my own entrepreneurial ventures um, separately from my business partner and my brother Tom. And so, um, Tom at the this point was uh, working off a non compete. And so he was working with some members of his YPO who are like, well, you're working up your non-compete. Can you come help us grow our businesses? And so before he knew it, he was taking on staff and he had a business. And <laughs> I had, um, I think we were raised entrepreneurs because all three of us ended up being entrepreneurs in some form or fashion. And so as he came in and recognized that he had a business, I joined and became a partner pretty quickly at that point. Um, so when did I recognize it? I guess we were young, you know. Uh, I was doing my own coaching and, and consulting in sales. Um, and then I was also running a real estate business. My brothers were on the phones um, selling newspapers and had a newspaper route at 10. So, I mean, it was all fairly young. And uh, then we, I joined Tom, this right, what, 16, 17 years ago when we started um, originally the whale hunters and now we're humping sales. And so we felt very confident in um, the just the interest out of the YPO group, let alone other people we knew yeah. to launch the business. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about the company. Um, what's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? Yeah. So the company is called Hunt Big Sales and we're kind of a boutique um, consulting firm. And we work with CEOs of organizations who are probably between 15 million and $250 million in size, you know, kind of that mid-range business, small to mid-range um, who are looking to grow. They're not happy with their current growth rate. And uh, so we work with them using a proprietary process and system to help them land very large deals in a replicable, scalable way. And, you know, scaling right now for all of us who are in the baby boomer age is kind of a focus. And so how do you scale sales and how do you scale big sales? Oftentimes, big sales are those things that our bluebird that come in and everybody's excited, but they can't do it again. And what we do is through our processes and systems and help them do that. And so we've over the years helped companies land over $21 billion in new business using this process and system. Wonderful. And um, I know you've got a new book out. I'm partway through it. Tell everyone about that. Yeah. The secret to big sales, how to use executive language to close more deals. And so that's the part that is so fun is because big sales is really about solving big problems for senior buyers. And that means that you have to be able to have the language in the C-suite. And one of the areas that we were finding a gap in, in with our customers and then in the marketplace as a whole is that the senior level executives can speak power to power, executive to executive. But when you've got a sales force that's trying to get into that room, the room where it happens, right? Trying to get into that room, they don't have the language or the acumen to have those conversations. And so we wrote the book to be able to provide some tools and techniques that really can help salespeople 
elevate their conversation so they can have those executive conversations in the room where it happens. Makes a ton of sense. For everyone listening, uh, check out the company in the link in the description and uh, comment on uh, Kara Jane's LinkedIn and let her know that you uh, watched today's video. Thank you. I love that. That'd be great. I'd love you to share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting as um, you grow up as an entrepreneur, you're starting your own business, but you get into business. And so uh, getting into hump big sales, I was actually behind the scenes. Tom was kind of the face of the business and I was behind the scenes doing the sales, running the operations, putting together content and that type of thing. And um, through you know, uh, a tragedy, I ended up having to be a face of the business, right? And um, one of the consultants that uh, very impactful in my life was Dan Sullivan and the Strategic Coach Program because of the tools and the pieces that they had at that time really were able to help me refocus and reset I was somebody that was used to doing it myself. And, and I know part of what you talk about is you can't do it all on your own. Yeah. So able to talk to that. But I was at a point where I was running the business. We had some tragedy. I'm trying to do it all on my own. And I didn't really understand how to de delegate well those more um, bigger projects, more executive things that needed to be done. Um, that I had to take off my plate so that I could move to another part of the business. And so some of his tools really were critical and made a difference in my ability to step into a role of leader. That's fantastic. And it it can be tough. And you just alluded to it, right? The the letting go of our baby or the thing that we do really, really well and and trusting that somebody else is going to be able to take care of it as well as as we do, right? Right. Or even it's something we don't do well, meaning we don't like it, we don't do well, but it's still yours, right? Yes. So <laughs> you you know it, you know it inside and out, and how they're going to come do it is going to be different. Yeah. And different doesn't mean wrong. Right. And I had to learn that different didn't mean wrong. If the outcome was the outcome, you shouldn't care how you get there. Yes. And that was a hard piece for me to get to. <laughs> There's another, um, a, a fun way that we have our clients look at that is, you know, what's the value? So, you know, if if your value to the organization, and I'm just making fake numbers, right, is $500 an hour and the tasks that you're working on are $100 an hour, right? it really, it really doesn't matter if the person you delegate it to isn't quite as good at it as you because the opportunity cost is huge, Huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's just back to your point of letting go, letting go and letting go of it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exactly the way I did it. It doesn't have to be all of that. And, um, and I think that that's one of the biggest challenges as owners and entrepreneurs, you know, when you, you start it or you carry it, Tom and I did this and, and as partners and we carry it forward, you know, Tom's really good at delegating and, and letting go, um, which worked out great, but I was not. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yes. you know, I'm carrying it all on my back thinking I, I can do it and and you can't. So <laughs> what's been your biggest learning over the years as a business owner? My biggest learning is, I think, to your spot, your point is there are blind spots, too. There are those things that we do because we have to do it. And there are those things that we just miss. Mm. And it's really 
biggest learning is that there are blind spots when I think I have it all covered and I don't. And so finding people who, um, one, are better in areas than I am to go fix that and two, to um, see the blind spots that I have and fill those gaps. And I think that is absolutely one of the biggest learnings and the learnings of how to let go so you can do that. I like what you said earlier about, you know, there's stuff that you were doing that you just, you know, either weren't the best at or didn't like doing and being able to let that go to people who are better at it. They're going to see those blind spots because it's something that they enjoy, right? Versus something right. That, that we're just doing because it has to get done. And and so I, I like that, um, that thought process of, you know, helping, getting others to help see those blind spots and, and point out the, the opportunities for us to, to continue to grow and develop. That's, that's a great, um, great insight for everyone listening today to, to make sure that you're, you're getting other perspectives and other points of view to see the things that you don't see for yourself. I love that. Well, and I think, you know, also to your point, having, um, outside consultants like yourself, right. That as an owner, maybe you don't have to hire an employee, but having somebody on the outside that can also give you maybe that more honest feedback. You know, I think that when you do have employees, um, I have a great set of employees and we have great conversations, but I'm sure that there are things that I am not fantastic at that <laughs> they don't want to tell me. Yeah, yeah. They're not, not going <laughs> to tell so, the boss, right? <laughs> right. And so having consultants on the outside that can really share with you maybe some areas or some shortcomings that you're not aware of is extremely helpful because they're now at a colleague level versus maybe an employee level. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, um, even so I have a coach as well. And I, I can be coaching my clients on something all week. And then it comes to my session with my coach and, and he, he points it out for me, right, that I'm not doing the same thing that I pointed out to my client. So even, even when I, I know what I should know, I don't when it's my own business, because I'm in my own weeds, right? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I joke about too is I, as I'm coaching my clients, to your point, I'm like, yeah, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes. You know, I find that coaching is a great way to remind yourself of some Indeed, of the things you yes. need to do. And it's uh and it's fun in that sense as well, too. One of the things our founder says is life is a mirror. So th that, right, that's a good example. Oh yeah, I should just take my own advice. That sounded pretty good coming out of my mouth. <laughs> right, and it's like the cobbler's kids. Yes, exactly. Now. I, I get it now. Kara <laughs> <laughs> Jane, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell mm -hmm. us about one of your biggest challenges during the years and and maybe a, a fellow business owner who you know came alongside you, helped you through that. Yeah. So one of, I think one of the biggest challenges is we had um, some tragedy strike the business and strike um, the family. And through that tragedy is kind of how I've been moved into the face of the business to that leader part of the business. And, um, and so that, uh, you know, leaders are not um, born, they're made. And I guess, you know, um, and so I was made and I was made, you know, through the years of being shoulder to shoulder with my brother, but we had a, um, I would say a, a business leader, advisor, um, close friend, uh, who David Resnick, who was um, our Cap uh, Sapper and Miller partner. And it was one of our, um, account, uh, was our accounting firm. And uh, 
I would say advisor to the business. And he came alongside me and helped guide me through some really tough times as we were sorting through. We had, uh, my brother had passed and um, Tom had had some medical situations that caused us to have to make some shifts in the business. And so it was really so valuable to have that person, David in this case, but that person come alongside, have some tough conversations, help you think through some things that maybe in this case, I was emotionally tied to that were hard to process, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. It can necessary. be necessary. It can be very lonely at the top, right? When we're an employee, we usually have a manager we can go to and talk those things out loud. When when we're the owners, it's like, oh, who who's my person? Who who do I have to to you know be vulnerable with and talk this stuff out loud when I don't really know what to do yet? Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing that I think you know, if we're going to say anything, I think everybody needs to have you know, some, uh, somebody, whether it is a colleague, you know, another business owner, that's just a good friend or whatever, or a, a consultant, but it is important to have that other voice, that other person to bounce things off of, because you are at the top on your own, you know, and, um, and it, you know, they joke about it being lonely at the top, but you need somebody that can at least be empathetic. They've gone through it before. They understand where you're coming from. They have at least some concepts that are relevant to where you are to be able to enjoy a conversation that is challenging you where you need to be challenged. And so, you know, I think that that is critical for every entrepreneur. We can't, we can't get there without other ideas, out other thoughts. We don't know it all. We can't be at all. We can't be everywhere. And we're going to face things that we don't know what the next step is. Amen. Karajan, if I asked you to pick three people, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for them being there to help with your business's growth. Who are those three people and how they help you? Yeah. So I'm going to say other than my brother, who I would say number one in, in the business journey as a partner, I think that he would be number one, but outside of him, I listed David Resnick, I would say Dan Sullivan and the impact he had on our business for the years we were part of his coaching group. And then there's a Christian group here in town that I'm a part of. And there's a few of the executives in that that are I'm really close with. And through the conversations and partnership that we've had with them, I've had with them specifically, it has been instrumental mm -hmm. in how I think, how I operate, and also how I I'm challenged hmm. to be better, to be the best I can be and to make the business the best it can be. Fantastic. It's it's so good to to have, you know, different people in our corner, different people we can reach out to, different ex people with different experiences because like you said earlier, right? There is no necessarily no exact right answer. It's just navigating through and and figuring out what's right for for us individually that's going to help you know, propel the business forward. So I'm glad to hear you've got a number of different folks that you can rely on. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, and I am grateful for all of them. And, and you know, friends, I've got long-term friends. And I find in, in this world, when you are at the top and you meet up with other executives at the top, you build fast friendships. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you're all in the same boat in some <laughs> yes. form or fashion, right? There's an immediate so. understanding and appreciation of what you're going through, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's awesome. 
As you think about the next three to five years, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face in meeting your goals? And who are the types of people that you are going to need to overcome those? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, there are probably several. I'm going to name like the top three. But the first one is in professional services, you know, the market is is shifting as um, as it is for everybody. And for us, we're at a point that we really are now ready to scale mm -hmm. and we need to replicate me. And so one of the first things we need to do is be able to move from services to products for some of that scalability. And so there's a, uh, an organization that really works with professional services to help them go from growth to scale to exit. And so we're working with that organization to really help us make those transitions as the biggest challenge. But as a part of that, the next biggest challenge, and I, I think a lot of people are facing this, my clients are facing this, is the fact that the marketplace has become so noisy, right? We we have, it's everything social media. You can find everybody and everything and we're everywhere and you have to be everywhere. And so <laughs> that becomes a, that becomes a really huge channel. How do you get to your specific buyer and mm -hmm. who is that specific buyer? So we understand who our buyer is, but getting to the buyer now, instead of being that one channel or, you know, it used to be like one channel or a couple of channels and that's where your buyers are. That's not how it is anymore. Mm -hmm. So really um, finding a group or a leader in marketing, marketing strategy that understands the business to business marketplace, professional services, and then our particular market within that to really help us get out in the right places instead of the shotgun scatter approach, right? Which we all know isn't isn't going to work, but I know that this is going to be a continually evolving mm -hmm. challenge. Yes. Not just for us, but for everybody in the marketplace. And so looking for those thought leaders and those people that are innovative as to how they reach the marketplace, especially in a business to business environment. That's going to be the other area where I really see that is going to be a continued challenge for us and something that we're going to need a lot of help solving. It's amazing as, as technology has evolved and different means to communicate with people, the, the technology hasn't necessarily made it easier for, for those of us who are wanting to find our buyers. It, it certainly made it uh, you know, easier for the buyer to get in their own information and do their own research, but it's, it's becoming harder and harder to, to be able to communicate directly with the, the folks that we want to pique their interest and, and be able to, you know, potentially have a, a meeting with, right? A hundred percent. Like I said, because the, the marketplace is becoming very noisy. Yeah. And sometimes, especially in professional services, our buyers have a problem, but they don't necessarily know the specific problem that they have, right? And so they actually think they have a problem, but they need to talk to somebody to help them diagnose it. And I find most of the time, my first couple of conversations are helping my prospects diagnose their problem. And oftentimes I'm not the solution they need, mm -hmm. but they needed somebody to have that conversation with to figure out where's the best place for them to go next. And I feel like that sometimes with us, especially mm -hmm. as we talked about the marketing set is as like, I got a problem. I'm not <laughs> sure because there's, there's so many different avenues in marketing, right? I'm not sure where my problem is. So I need to talk with somebody. And so I think that that's also why the marketplace gets noisy is we think we can, we think we know what our problem is. And then you start to go try to solve it and you realize you, there's too many things you don't know and they need to get in touch with somebody, but 
are they getting in touch with the right people? Is it, you know, yes. that's why it's, it's just a noisy channel, right? And there's so much prospecting happening that folks are reluctant to to take a call or take a meeting right. because they don't, you know, people don't have time to be sold to. So, right. They're even hesitant to even explore finding a solution to their challenge because it's like, no, I, you know, I, I just don't have time to, to sit through all of these different discovery meetings or phone calls or right. And so I guess I'll just ignore them all and figure it out, try to figure it out on my own. Well, try to figure it out on my own. And that's why, you know, honestly, and in, in a lot of what it is, is it's a referral. You, you're talking to somebody who's had that same problem, who found a solution um, or somebody you trust, right? And so um, in the large account sales world where there are bigger problems and you're talking at that senior level, 84% of them involve an executive in making the decision. And so the executive uh, is getting referrals from other executives right? because that's how you get into an executive. You don't cold call into an executive. They're not, to your point, going to take the call yep. any more than you take the call or I take the call. Let's be <laughs> right? honest, right? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's it's the same problem. Yes. Yeah, very, very much so. Last question here. Um, Jim Rohn, an awesome business guru, uh, one of his quotes, we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So, as you think about that quote, and I know you alluded to it earlier, what advice do you have for, for newer business owners who are trying to do it on their own and, and don't, don't want to ask people for help or don't think that they can or should? Yeah, so I just think that that is so fascinating um, because I remember being there, right? And um, I think we all go through some of those stages and the sooner you learn that you can't do it on your own, <laughs> uh, the faster and uh, you'll you'll grow, right? But my my advice is to go find uh, an executive group, an executive coach. There's lots of different groups and coaches out there. So the, you've got to, and not all of them fit where you are or what you need, right? Mm -hmm. But you need to find that group, and it's going to cost you a little bit of money to be a part of the group, and it's going to cost you some time, but it is well worth it because now you're not on your own and you don't have necessarily more employees. You have more contemporaries, colleagues that are going through the same thing you are and have experienced it or experienced people to help them so that you can have productive conversations and challenge you. I don't know an entrepreneur alive who isn't reading the books, listening to the podcasts, already feeding their brain, right? Now you need to have the true conversations with the colleagues who can also provide additional ideas, resources from experience and not just food for thought. Uh, Brad Sugars, our founder says, you must learn to earn. And his whole premise there is if you don't undertake the time to learn the foundation, the fundamentals of running a business, then you're always going to be behind because your competitors are going to be focusing on their learning and their growing. So I love what you said it, you know, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you watching? What conferences are you attending? Right? What, who's your five? And it, and it doesn't always have to be paid people, right? You can, you know, you can reach out to other colleagues, like, like Carrie Jane just said, and, and, you know, have a coffee and share some stories and ask for opinions. I've never had anyone I've reached out to where I've asked them for a coffee meeting, say no. And I think that's just a, a, a Karen, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I think it's a, a very 
interesting community where business owners tend to support business owners, right? And, and pay it forward. So what's been your experience with that? I 100% agree. I love that. And, you know, um, I would agree with you that business owners want to help other business owners and everybody is always, I'm going to say flattered or honored yeah. to be asked, right? To, um, to have the opportunity to mentor or speak into a problem that maybe they've had. And so uh, I've never had somebody turn it down and I never turn it down. I absolutely, somebody says, hey, I heard that you, you know, from so-and-so you've done this or whatever, or I've seen you, do you have a few minutes? Could we talk? Could we grab a coffee? Could we grab a Zoom call? Absolutely want to help because as an entrepreneur, we know you can't get there on your own. Yes. So- I, I have been helped, so I absolutely want to help others. Yeah. Um, I, I love that, the ask, you know, share what the question is and, and that you're going to want to help. I mean, the reality is, is that we're all, we all love to talk about ourselves and our journey. And if we feel like it's, there's an opportunity to, sh to help somebody else through that sharing of what we've accomplished, it, it is flattering. It, 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 it might've used the word honoring, but right. It, it, it's like, wow, somebody wants to take some of my time and learn from my journey. Of course, I would love to, to know that I've been able to pay it forward and, and help someone else. So, Yeah, absolutely. Help somebody else or be able to impact somebody. I mean, isn't that what we're really here trying to help? You know, our business is to help other people, other businesses grow. That's what I love to do. And you love to do that, right? So we're here to help other people. Um, and so it just, it's, it's always very it's gratifying for the person who's being asked mm -hmm. just as much as it is, hopefully for the people who are, you ask, I know when I ask, I get people that will jump on a phone call with me. So appreciative of that. Yeah. And it's those little nuggets, you know, you said, you said, you know, a few minutes of your time and that's usually all it takes to get a nugget or two, right. That's specific to the, the challenge or problem that we feel like the other person has some expertise in. So it doesn't have to be a, a, a long meeting, right? No, it doesn't. I, but I think the point is, is let them know why you're asking. Why, you know, if you send that up front, then they understand why you're calling and what they what your ask is. But otherwise, it might come across as a prospecting call or yes, a cold call, right? which you don't want, right? So, yeah, yeah. so if you say, hey, I'm calling because I wanted to ask you about this or learn about that, do you have a few minutes? I think that gets you the door opened a lot faster too, so. Fair, very fair. Harry Jane, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you uh, inviting me. It was great to talk to you as well. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.